You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. All right. Well, are you ready for the Word of God, yes or no? Amen. Today I'm going to be talking about something that affects all of us, something that applies to every one of us, because today I'm going to be talking about the tongue, words, something we, every one of us, use every day, many, many, many words. And some of you are smiling because you know how important and how valuable words are and how many times we use words. Did you know the Bible has a lot to say about words? And, but can I tell you that through this message today, there's, at some point you're probably going to be thinking about some words you shouldn't have said. And can I tell you that God's grace covers that? Something in the past that you sh- said that you shouldn't have said? Because in this message, I'm not wanting you to feel guiltier at all. I'm not wanting you to feel shameful. I'm not wanting you to, I'm not wanting you to uh, get down on yourself because of something that I share today. Because we're, we don't want to have backward vision, right? We want to have forward vision. And so I, if, if you, and at some point, I'm sure during this message, you'll reflect back on something maybe in the past, maybe even on the way to church today that you said that really you shouldn't have said. All right? But don't feel guilty, please. We're talking about moving forward. And all of us could probably improve in this area of words. Because even, though, even now in America, the political climate in our, in our country, let me just ask this question. I'm not going to get political today. But how many of you are ready for the presidential election to be over with when I am, because of the, the words that just a multitude of words that are being spoken in our political arena today. And when it's political, you can almost bet 80% of them aren't true. <laughs> but words are being thrown here and there. And we're hearing words. We're sharing words. But I want you to know today that there's a very encouraging verse in the Bible that I want to share with you about our words. And it's James 3 and 8. It says, but no one can tame the tongue. Isn't that encouraging? No one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. That is so, I hate that verse. No one can tame the tongue. You know, one person said this, the tongue is like a sharp knife that kills without drawing blood. Which is so true. This tells me, though, that we all need help. If no one can tame the tongue, that we need help in this area of our words. God is here to help us. But what does it take for God to help us with our words? Here it is. James 4 and 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And in this message today, here's what I want to encourage you and challenge you to do. Humble yourself. Go low. If already, here's, here, and here's our tendency when, when we hear a message like this. Our tendency is to think of somebody else <laughs> and their words that maybe they said to us. 
Maybe it's our spouse, our kids, our family, our mom or dad, somebody close to us, somebody on the job. Our tendency is to think about them, and, and, and some of you may have already done this. Boy, I wish they were here to hear this message today. <laughs> some of you already were probably thinking, man, I'm, boy, I'm glad my spouse is here. They need this. No, no. Humble yourself. God resists the proud. And I saw this illustration the other day when it comes to pride. And what does it really mean when God resists the proud? It's almost like, uh, let me give you a football illustration. It's almost like, you know, when you humble yourself, you're on the same team as Jesus. And Jesus is going before you. You're following Jesus when you humble yourself. But when it says God resists the proud, it means Jesus moves to the other, or you move to the other team. And now, Jesus is on the defensive team against you. Wow. Who would want that? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So let's all just humble ourselves. Let's go low today and think about our words and the way we've been communicating to sometimes the people that are closest to us. Because here's the real deal. <laughs> what we think is the problem is not really the problem. Let me say that again. What we think is the problem is not really the problem. We think it's our spouse, our kids, our parents, our boss. I don't need a better wife. I need to be more like Jesus. And I need to just, just humble myself. Because what I think is the problem may not really be the problem. Because Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The point is, again, we need to humble ourselves. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Our words are powerful. And we need to think about our words personally. You know, James 1 and 26 says, If you claim to be righteous... But don't control your tongue. You are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. <laughs> Man, you were all laughing a while ago and smiling. What happened? Everybody smile. Look at your neighbor and say, this is really good. This is good. It's going to help me have a better life. You know... I'm, this is just a tune-up today, okay? Our Pathfinder has over 220,000 miles, and a couple of weeks, two weeks ago, we brought it in for the very first tune-up. Yeah. <laughs> it had been doing great, but then all of a sudden it started spitting and sputtering and all that kind of stuff, and we were like, whoa, something's wrong. But it, need, it just needed a tune-up, and now it's doing great. And sometimes we just need a tune-up in our walk with God, and today's just a tune-up. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, and this is from the message commentary. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. <laughs> words, our tongue, 
Proverbs 15 and 14, gentle words are like a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Wow. Can you see the contrast? Words are poison. Words give life. You choose. You choose. We're quick to avoid violence, aren't we? We're quick to avoid crime. We're quick to avoid these things. But yet we assassinate one another with our words. But here's the good news. There is good news. God's not finished with us yet. Philippians, Philippians 1 and 6 says, God, what God started in you, he will finish. He will finish. And I know through this, some of you have probably been reflecting back, as I said, although we're moving forward. But know that God's not done with you yet. God's going to finish what he started. And he's going to help you with your words. Because your words are affecting your life more than what you realize. Your words are affecting your marriage more than what you realize. Your words are affecting the relationship with your children more than what you realize. Your words are affecting the relationship with the job that you work more than what you realize. Your words are affecting your neighbor more than what you realize. But here's the important part. Your words are affecting you more than what you realize. Because words are powerful. Have you ever spoken words like this? Nothing ever goes right for me. Have you ever spoken words like this? I'll never have a successful marriage after the third or fourth one. That's just real. I'll I'll never get out of debt. I'll never get my finances in order. I'm I'm never going to have enough. Your words are affecting you more than what you realize. And they're affecting your life more than what you realize. But I'm declaring today over your life and my life that we're going to finish strong. Amen? Three truths about your words. Number one is this. My tongue directs where I'm going. Your tongue directs where you're going. How can you tell where your family's going? Your words. Your words. I've shared this story before. One time I was in Missouri, was with a group of pastors. We were going to a pastor's meeting, and we stayed at a, a local hotel, and we checked in at the hotel, and we were walking up to our room, and I heard, down the hallway, I heard a woman using language that I hadn't heard since I was in the, the Marine Corps. I mean, she was using cuss words and demeaning words that were awful. 
And you could hear, I mean, she was yelling them out of the room. You could hear them way down the hall. And so as we walked by the room, I looked in, and it was the, 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 um, the maid, the lady that cleans the room, one of the cleaning ladies. And she was speaking to her son that was probably around seven or eight years old and telling him how sorry and how worthless with words that I don't use anymore, I used to. Did you know those words, whether she realized it or not, were affecting her life and were affecting that young son's life? Because words direct where you're going. Your words will tell you where you're going in life. I never get a good break. I'm never going to get a raise on my job. I'm never going to get a better job. The Cowboys will never win the Super Bowl. Stop saying that. <laughs> for, the, for all the Cowboy fans, okay? I had to throw that in. Pastor Andy's across the street working with the children, so I had to throw that in. Last year, we declared the Broncos were going to win the Super Bowl, and guess what? They did. Thank you, Lord. But our words direct where we're going. In fact, the book of James, verse, chapter 3, verses 3 through 5 says this, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. (laughs) Words, they direct where you go. Words are powerful. They are powerful. If you want to know where you're going in life, look at your words. The second truth about your words is this, is that my, my tongue can destroy what I have. My tongue can destroy what I have. James 3 and 6, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Wow. The tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Words can destroy your marriage, your relationships. It can destroy your children. It can destroy your job. Words can destroy your life. Words are powerful. I'm talking to someone this morning. That the Lord just so strongly put it on my heart. A married couple. Nothing seems to be going right in your marriage. Everything seems to be falling apart. And the Lord just sent me here this morning to tell you that it's your words. And that your words are destroying your marriage. The way you're speaking to one another is destroying your life and destroying your marriage. And I had this very vivid picture in my head. Just so it can be a little bit more realistic to us. And I don't know why the Holy Spirit gave me this picture. But it's almost like you would take 
a new vehicle, parked in the driveway of your home, and then take a sledgehammer and go and begin just to beat that vehicle with that sledgehammer. Please hear me. Is that, that is what you are doing to your marriage with the words coming out of your mouth. Because your words can destroy what you have. I can't say things like that without saying we have help for you. We're, we're, Michael's not here today, but April's here. Why don't you raise your hand? Look at April Galt right over here. Her and her husband do a small group for marriages. We have help for you. They've helped many people. I don't know how many times Jeannie and I have talked with people in, in, a, in a marriage relationship. And it's almost like things were just falling apart. And our simple counsel to them was, you just need to go home and encourage one another. That's it. Change what you're saying. Words can destroy what you have. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Not true, not true, not true. How many of you said that growing up? That is a lie. Because words hurt. The tongue has no bones, but it is strong enough to break a heart. So be careful with your words. The third truth about the tongue is my tongue displays who I am. My tongue displays who I am. Matthew 12, 34 says, For whatever, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever's in your heart determines what you say. Matthew 12 and 37, that same chapter, just a few verses down, says the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. <laughs> words, they're powerful. Your words can destroy what you have. Your words reveal what's in your heart. And you know when it comes out? Under pressure. Under pressure. You ever been under pressure? And then all of a sudden, something, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something come out of your mouth that you did not expect to come out? And you're just hoping that whoever you said that to is a very forgiving person. Because those words come out under pressure. They reveal what's in your heart. My tongue displays who I am. My tongue displays whether I'm fearful. My tongue displays whether I'm angry. My tongue displays whether I'm insecure. 
My tongue displays whether I'm bitter. We're talking about words. So what helps me make a change in my life when it comes to my words? What helps me? Very simply, it's we're talking about words. It's getting the Word of God in you. Because as I've said, what's in you comes out. What's in you comes out. And this is the Word of God. The Bible says that Jesus was the Word made flesh. It's about getting this in you. Getting the Word of God in you. That's why you need a personal time of reading the Word. That's why you need a personal time of prayer. That's why you need a time of, like I'm speaking to the choir this morning, about coming and hearing the Word of God talk to you. That's why you need a small group. But man, I don't want to get around that small group and let everybody see my dirty laundry. It's much better for you to get in a small group of people and let everybody see your dirty laundry because one day they're go- everybody's going to see it anyway if you don't get it taken care of. Did you hear that? I know I'm speaking a bit direct. It's better to get in, in a small group of people that love you and you know love you and they're to help you and let them see your dirty laundry and get it out in the open before everybody sees it. And you have to humble yourself. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, man, he sure is preaching good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more teaching than preaching, but it's, it's good. Get this Word of God inside of you. Joshua 1 and 8 and I'm reading it from the message. I've never read it from this before. And yesterday I read it and I've added this in here and I really like it. It says, and don't for a minute let this book of the, re- of, re- of the Revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Make sure that you practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Ponder it. Meditate on it. Get it inside of you. Then you'll succeed. Then you'll get where you're going. Why? Because your words are taking you somewhere. And when you get this inside of you and you meditate on this, and this is what's coming out of your mouth, When this is coming out of your mouth, instead of my words being demeaning, instead of my words putting my spouse down, instead of my words pointing out everything that's wrong, I, was, I used to be bad about that. I, I was awful. I don't know what, I don't know if it's because of the military, I don't know why, but man, my wife could labor all day cleaning the house, and I would walk in and I wouldn't even say anything about how clean the house was. I'd point out that one little spot in the corner that she missed. And can't you imagine what those words did to her? Words are powerful. But get the Word of God in you. So how do I, 
turn this around? How do I turn it around? How do I turn it around? Three things, okay? First thing I need to do is pause. I need to pause. The Bible says in James chapter 1, 19 through 20, it says, understand this, my dear friends and sisters, you must all, all. Let me give you the Greek definition of the word all, okay? It means all. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So if you want to turn it around in your life, you've got to learn to pause. You've got to learn to be quick to listen and slow to speak. How many of you, it irritates you when somebody finishes your sentences for you? Doesn't that just get irritating? When they're always finishing your sentences for you. You're starting to say something and they interject. Interrupt you. And interject what they're saying and sometimes it is finishing. You know, us husbands or wives are bad about that. You know, once we've lived together for you know, over 30 years, you like you feel like you know what they're about to say, so you just help finish their statement. <laughs> but pause and listen. If you want to turn it around in your life, just stop and wait. Here's a great acronym for wait, okay? W-A-I-T, wait. Why am I talking? Pause and wait. Why am I talking. So learn to pause. And the second thing, if you want to turn it around, is learn to ponder. The Bible says that Mary, you know, Mary pondered when the angel spoke to her, Luke 2, 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Learn, learn to think about, think about what is being spoken to you? Learn to think about the words that are about to come out of your mouth. It's possible. It is very possible that the first thought in your mind is something you shouldn't say. It's very possible. And many of us are just quick to speak the first thought in our mind. But it's possible you may not need to say it. I know this sounds very practical, but I'm trying to help all of you have a better life, have better relationships, enjoy your relationship with God, enjoy your relationship with other people, and enjoy your relationship with you. But you need to pause, and then you need to ponder. Think about what you're saying. And then the last thing is this, if you're going to turn it around, is you need to pray. You need to pray. I thank God for America. I thank God that I was born in this country. This is still, I've I've been blessed to travel many places in the world. Can I tell you from having done that, that this is still the greatest country in the world? We are blessed here in America. We are blessed. 
But my citizenship is first in heaven before it's here in America. Because one of the things that we have here in America is what? Freedom of speech. That means I can just say whatever I want to say. But did you know in the kingdom of God, that's not the way it works. I don't need to say whatever I want to say sometimes. I need to pause. Well, I need to pause and ponder. And then I need to pray. I really need to think about what I'm about to say. I need to pray and ask God, help me. Help me. Help me. Isaiah chapter 6. I think they'll have it up there on the screen. But this is an incredible passage of Scripture of the prophet Isaiah getting into the presence of God. And it's just interesting what he says here. And let's, I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 8. And you can follow along on the screen. And Justin's coming. And it says, It was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. And you know what? Let me stop right there and say, I hope I don't have to die before somebody can see the Lord. In the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim. Look at this. Just a beautiful picture of the throne of God and his presence. Each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling to each other, Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. And many believe, and many scholars believe they were speaking of Jesus here. The prophets, that the angels and the seraphims that were around the throne at that time, there, and when this was wrote, that they were speaking of Jesus. Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. Wow. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Friends, the whole earth is still filled with his glory. (laughs) Can I say that again? The whole earth is still filled with his glory. We just need to be talking more about that than we are the problems in the world. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Then look at Isaiah's response to the presence of God. Then he said, it's all over. I'm doomed. For I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. Isaiah gets in God's presence. It's revealed to him. The glory of God is there. And he's having this vision. And he realizes God's presence there. And he says, wait a minute. I'm doomed because... I have filthy lips. He realizes the words coming out of his mouth have been unholy. He says, I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. And I love verse 6, the rest of this passage here. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar 
with a pair of tongs. What a beautiful picture. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. What a beautiful picture of God's forgiveness. That when Isaiah realized that what was he doing? He was humbling himself. Why? Because he said, I am doomed. My lips are filthy. He was confessing. I'm a man of unclean lips. He humbled himself and he, he confessed. He confessed his sin. Can I promise you today? And you, you may be sitting out there and some of this message really may have hit home to you. And you've realized that you've been pretty loose with your words. And you realize that some of your words have been very unhealthy. Can I tell you today that, as I said at the beginning, we're looking forward, not backward. And that today you just, you just need to confess that to God. Just humble yourself. And say, God, I've, I've been a person of unclean lips. I, none of us are perfect. I understand that. God knows that. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I've said things that I wish I've said. And If I can, Justin, let me interject this. Things I've said behind closed doors about other people just because they didn't hear it, they still weren't right. Because the most important person heard it, and that's God. And then you heard it. And your relationship to them is affecting you. And the words that you've been saying behind scenes, even though they didn't hear it, it's still affecting your relationship with them and with God. You just need to repent. You just need to confess to the Lord today. Just humble yourself and say, God, man, I've been blowing it with my words. I know, God, you've heard everything I've said, and I have been wrong. I humble myself. God, please forgive me. And I promise you, with coals from the altar of his presence, he'll touch you. And he'll heal your heart. Because how does he heal your mouth? By healing your heart. That's how he heals your mouth. Because he heals your heart. Because some of the things that have been coming out are because your heart has been broken. Your heart has been tainted. Tainted with something. Maybe it's bitterness or anger. Insecurities. It's been tainted with those things and, and can I tell you that with those things ruling in our heart it's difficult for us to become everything God's created us to be <laughs> but when I but when I confess them and I humble myself and say God forgive me I've been wrong I've been a person of unclean lips look what if you go and read it I, well I'm gonna go back and read it because it's really powerful at the end of this what happens 
Because when God touched Isaiah's heart, when he touched his lips, look what it says. He said he touched his lips with it in verse 7. Then he touched his lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Look what Isaiah did. Then I heard the Lord saying, Whom shall I send as a messenger to the people? Who will go for us? I said, Isaiah writes this. He said, I said, Here I am. Send me. (laughs) See, Isaiah couldn't reach his fullest potential as he was a person of unclean lips because of the things that were in his heart. He couldn't reach his fullest potential as a child of God, as the prophet of God. And and can I just tell you today that you'll never reach your fullest potential as a child of God as long as your words are revealing things in your heart that should not be there, that your heart is tainted with hatred, with unforgiveness, with bitterness, with low self-esteem. You'll never be fully who God's called you to be. But when He touches you, when you humble yourself, say, wow, God, I really need you. Touch, touch my heart. Heal me. Forgive me, God, for my insecurities. Forgive me for my anger. God, forgive me for my doubt, my unbelief. God, it's been exposed to the words in my heart. I know you've heard them. I humble myself. God, forgive me for the way that I spoke to my spouse. Guys, did you know the Bible says that if you treat your wife harshly, How do you do that? With words. Did you know the Bible says in 1 Peter that if you treat your wife harshly, that it hinders your prayers to God? Wow. So what is that telling us? Is that what's happening here does affect not only what's happening here, but also what's happening here. But I have a right. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Let's stand. Remember, humble yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit what he's saying to you today. Right now, just, just you and God, right? I know we're in a, here among a great congregation, a family of God, but right now, make it personal. Ask the Holy Spirit right now, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today through this message? Do you need healing? Do you need an inner healing? Do you need that? Has the Holy Spirit pointed out something in you that through your words it's revealed, it's just opened up that room and the Holy Spirit's shining a light on that and saying, I need to heal that in your life. 
I want you to know he loves you and he will. God loves you. He wants to heal you today. Every head bowed, nobody looking around. You say, Pastor, I really need healing today in my heart. I want you to lift your hand. I really need healing by the, because the words coming out of your mouth, you have just, you, you, you can tell. Thank you. You can put them right back down. Several just hands went up all across this auditorium, this sanctuary. Anybody else? You just, just really be honest right now. I'm, I'm, I'll just be honest with you. I have to lift my hand and say that. Thank you. You can put them right back down. Thank you. I have to be honest with you. I had to lift my hand in this, in my heart, because I realized words that I've spoken, even when nobody else was listening, God was listening, and it revealed what was in my heart. So I lift my hand here today. And I before God, and God, forgive me. Heal my heart. Anybody else? Take a moment here. Thank you. You can put it right back down. Anybody? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Carl and Marilyn, I'm going to ask you to come, please, to the front. And Ronnie and Charlotte, would you come? And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to close this service, but I want to pray with you. And if you need personal prayer, if you feel like this is something, or you've got something else, maybe you're sick in body, or, and you need prayer, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to invite you to come after I close the service and pray with these prayer partners. They'll love on you. Maybe there's just something you need in your life and you feel like you need that personal touch. You come. Humble your, I know I've said that a lot, but folks, it's time, we need to humble ourselves. This, this is real. We're living in interesting days. And we all need Jesus more and more and more. And everything that's been blocking that relationship from being all that it should be, we need to get it out of our life. You know, all of our ill feelings toward other people, we need to get it out of our life. We need to get healed. We need to get all that junk out. You know, all of us, some of us have had ill feelings toward God. It's time to get healing over that. We have because God didn't do what we expected him to do or thought he was supposed to do. And we need to just get healed. We need to be healed. We need to be healed. And it just takes humility. It takes humbling and saying, God, I need you to touch my heart. And then allow him to keep working. Every day I humble myself, God, for you. So let's, let's bow our heads and let's pray. There were hands that went up all over across this place. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for what your Holy Spirit's doing right now in the hearts and lives of people. God, I thank you that this, this word, this seed of your word has fallen upon good soil. And God, I, I just declare right now that Satan is not going to come and, and snatch this word from the hearts of your children. I declare that this word is sealed upon their hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, I declare right now that healing is coming to every person in this, in this sanctuary, God. In this place where we have gathered before you as a family to worship you and to love you. 
And God, every, you saw every hand that was lifted. That was a, a, a move of faith in their life. That was a, a faith in, of them humbling themselves. And that was a, a step of humility and lifting their hand and saying, wow, I need healing in my heart. This word has revealed something. To the, the, the spirit has revealed something in my heart through this word. And I need healing. And so, Father, I just thank you that that healing work has started right now. It has begun right now. And, Father, your people are going to recognize when words are coming out of their mouth when they shouldn't. And your Holy Spirit's going to quicken them, I know. And, God, they're going to refrain, and they're going to withhold, and they're going to ask you to touch their heart. God, that marriage today, our marriages that are struggling because of the words that are being spoken to one another, God, I declare healing right now, and I declare that those marriages are going to get help. That they're going to humble themselves, God. They're going to get into a, a small group. They're going to meet with them. People that will help them, God. Help us to see it for what it is, God. Valuable and so important. Because we are your light. We are the salt on this earth. And God, we need healing. And so I thank you for touching and healing hearts. I thank you that forgiveness is taking place right now. That we're forgiving those that hurt us, God. No longer are we going to speak behind the doors, our, the doors of our home, negative about other people. People that have hurt us, God. People that have done us wrong. Father, we're, we're going to be healed because you hear us. And I just thank you for that. And I declare blessings over these people. I declare blessings over this church. I thank you that our words will glorify you in all that we do. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you.